Hello and welcome to another episode of Chino in the Hills. I'm your host, Thomas Ryan. Uh, today we have some really special guests, uh, students from Chino Hills High School. Um, ultimately, the, the goal here was to kind of get the student experience on, on distance learning and uh, kind of how that experience is working for the students in our community. And we have some, some real special students here, um, you know, some leaders at, at Chino Hills High School. Um, so I'm really excited to have you guys get your experience uh, and kind of get your perspective. So uh, without further ado, uh, can you guys go ahead and uh, introduce yourselves and kind of your position in the, in the community? Well, my name is Jeff Fassbinder. I'm a part of Chino Hills um, ASB, and I am particularly a part of communications. And our main role is to uh, communicate with the rest of the schools in our district and conversely try and find solutions and ways that we could promote certain topics like unity, like when we have unity meetings at our school, and just be representatives of our school. Yeah, um, I'm Lauren Kipp. I'm also part of the communications team here at Chino's High. And um, I'm also totally always working in the community because I'm an explorer for the Chino Hills um, Police Station for the San Bernardino County Sheriff. So yeah, we're totally always interacting, like Jeff said, with everyone around us and at our school. So Jeff did a pretty good job of uh, explaining what communications does. I'm Ray Neemans, and I'm also part of communications in ASB. Uh, on top of that, I'm currently in varsity water polo channel as high, so that's how I try to stay involved with sports in school. Perfect, and what, what year are you guys at, at Chino Hills High School? I, I'm a senior. Lauren? Me so. as well. Okay. And, I'm a, and I'm a sophomore. Perfect, perfect. Nice little array of perspectives here. Um, if you could take a chance, um, you know, uh, those of us outsiders who don't necessarily have a student in really in any of the, the grades, um, specifically high school, what's a day in the life look like um, under current circumstances with the distance learning? Uh, Ray, do you want to start? Yeah, so I... I personally am an early riser, so I'll get up around like 6.40-ish. I just get up, make breakfast, give myself some time to get ready for the day. Uh, then we would hop on at like 8, 8.20 is when class starts, uh, three periods of the day. And after that, Monday through Wednesday, I, I have practice for water polo. So that's from 5 to 6, and that's pretty much as complex as my day gets. Lauren? Yeah, so pretty much like Ray, I'm not so much an early riser if I don't have to be. So I wake up about like 30 minutes before the bell since I don't have to pick out an outfit for the day. <laughs> and um, yeah, we go to school for, or each period is about an hour and a half to like an hour. And we have like a 30 minute break. So it really allows us to finish any work that we didn't get to finish while we were in class or get to make breakfast during our passing period. And yeah, we're, we have three periods a day. Besides Monday, we have all of our periods, but they're shorter, of course, and yeah. Jeff? I, I think that Lauren really um, explained it really well. I am too not a really early riser. I'm trying to improve on that. But yeah, it's, just a, very, it's a very simple cycle. You wake up, get probably comfy clothes on, go to the class for an hour and 30 minutes, have a 30 minute break, go to your second period, and then go to your third period after that, uh, that consecutive 
lunchtime break. Got it. What it, now, obviously it's all homework. So what is like work, your workload look like your homework and how to test work? Lauren, you want to start here? Yeah. So each day it's kind of good because we don't see our teachers every day. It's like more like every other day. So you, it depends on your teachers. Some are harder than others. Some it's due right at the end of the period and some it's due the following day. So you really just try to time it however you can and just get the workload done during class, during the period or a Zoom call, whatever you have to do. And it's much easier that way, I think. What about tests, Ray? How's that, how's that work? So personally, I only have two classes where tests frequently occur. So I have AP Gov and I have uh, Calculus BC. Calculus is much more frequent. I probably have something every week, a quiz or a test. But um, for AP Gov, it's more every other or every third week I have something. And it's, it's just they send out a form or a document and you have to either fill that out or you scan the picture and send it into Google Classroom. And that's how you turn in and turn in your tests for my classes personally. I don't know if it's different for anybody else, but that's what it is for me. Jeff, anything different for you? Um, some, sometimes, because I have four classes that I have tests in being English honors, um, science, and then AP Euro and Spanish. And there's a very different ways that they all try and do their tests. Spanish in particular, they have like, just like, just you have to have a Google doc and like get to type out like in, in Spanish and trying to answer the questions as they follow. Whereas in like, like AP row, you might just have like a um, ABC kind of test through like an online platform where you'd have to answer it. And then you may on a separate document have a written response um, portion of the quest uh, test and it'll be on Google Classroom. Got it, got it. It sounds like you guys have adapted quite well to all the different varieties of, of ways of doing things. It's pretty cool. Um, wh what are two or three things that you've really enjoyed about distance learning? I know you said comfy clothes. Um, what are a couple things that, that you've really enjoyed? Um, Jeff, why don't you start this one? I think one thing that I personally really enjoy is the ability just to use um, technology because it's something like, so like something that it's going to be heavily integrated into my future, just being interactive with what I will most likely have been probably going to be using for like the rest of my life, which is a computer. And I'm not going to so much write as much as I will in school beforehand in my future. And secondly, I think the 30 minute breaks are probably one of the best things about this entire distance learning. It's really, um, it's really nice to have. It's something just to let your brain just wind down a little bit after like an hour and 30 minutes of just constant classwork. So it's something nice. And besides that, I don't really know. I think I'll leave the floor open to both Lauren. Perfect. Lauren, go ahead. Yeah. So like what Jeff was saying, the 30 minute breaks are really nice because before I would have to walk to my next class, but now I could do like little ab workouts and finish my homework when I need to. But, um, Another thing besides the technology, like Jeff was saying, is like I'm going to college next year. So I know some classes are online. So this really prepares me to start working online, getting tech savvy with everything and just being prepared. Right. So other than what was already covered, uh, I personally like the block schedule. where It's one, two, three, and the next day is four, five, six. It's kind of just 
break stuff a little bit more. Like, I know I have to focus on this one day. I have to focus on that the other day. And then other than that, uh, the lunches are pretty great because I'm in my own kitchen. I got everything going on for me. So I get to, I'll have leftover pasta this day. I'll have a sandwich this day. It's, it's kind of nice to like, you know, just not a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at lunch at school every day. So that's kind of a, it's kind of a plus. There you go. Have you, perfect, have you perfected any recipes? Are you uh, doing the cooking or are you just doing leftovers from, from your mom? My quesadillas and breakfast burritos, I've gotten, like, I can brag about those. They're pretty good now. Got it. You know, I was talking with someone, real, a, a real wise guy. Um, you know, he said a lot of this, and just listening to you guys talk as well, you know, having gone through the college experience many years ago, um, you know, it, it kind of is adapting a little bit towards that college experience. Um, you know, the, you know, maybe only see a teacher a couple times a week and then, you know, midterms and a test, whether as, as opposed to, to multiple, multiple tests, you know, weekly and stuff like that. So it's definitely an integration into that. And then also beyond that into real life. I mean, you know, I think what a lot of people have enjoyed about working from home is, you know, the, the little breaks in between, they can get laundry done or stuff like that. So Lauren, you spoke to that. It's just a little break to kind of do something else, get something else done. So definitely a bonus um, for sure. She, I'd be remiss. Uh, I, I, you know, we have uh, Miss Christ here um, watching in. She's hosting another class, I believe, or another Zoom. Um, but I just wanted to introduce her. She brought brought forth this great group of students. So, Miss um, Christ, Kimmy, as I know you, um, would you like to uh, say a couple couple quick words and introduce yourself and your position? Yeah, um, I swear I'm not just here being a creeper. I promise. Um, so my name is Ms. Kreiss. I'm the new activities director at Channel Hills High School. Um, and um, I know Thomas, is, he was the realtor for um, my fiance's brother and we've worked with him a couple times. And, and I know just watching and listening to your podcast, like you, you love to just spotlight Chino Hills and Chino. And, and I was like, you know what? I have an amazing group of students who are so active. They watch the school board meetings, they attend district meetings, and they're involved in multiple aspects here on campus. And I was like, how about you, you know, talk to these, these students and see like what life is like for them? Because I know as much as we talk about our students and how we want what's best for them, um, we haven't really actually talked to them and I thought this would be a really great platform and I couldn't think of a better group of students to do that. So um, I made sure to reach out to you. Perfect. Thanks. Thanks so much again for, for bringing, them, bringing them forth. Um, oh, my pleasure. I mean, everyone's going to see the amazing group of kids they are. So I'm just here. Definitely. Um, Shifting gears a little bit, um, obviously, you know, not everything is bright and sunny and, and cozy clothes. So um, what, what are a couple of things that you've just kind of uh, had difficulties with, have disliked about distance learning? Um, you know, why don't you tell, tell me a little bit about that. Ray, why don't you start? Okay, so me personally, it's kind of just the not being able to connect to people in person is something that I've found, something that I'm almost taking for granted, I guess. Because like we're doing this right now, I'm talking to my computer, if we're really being honest. Like I'm talking through a computer to talk to somebody. I can't do that face-to-face -face anymore. So I can't, I guess, read someone or figure someone out as well. Like, and then just not being able to be around people. It's like, even though I'm talking to the four of you, I'm talking, again, through something. I'm not in the room with somebody. So that's just kind of something that I've 
not enjoyed, I would, I would say. Jeff? I'd say a lot that I would go along with what race has previously stated and that a lot of it really, especially in classes, like one thing that's really been a negative is that, especially in some classes, like there are only a couple of students that actually interact in the classroom and that a large portion of them don't even have their screens on. And even then, like those who do, some of them don't even talk. So like a lot of the time it's really, even when you have the time to have the group discussion, like we're not really discussing, we're not really conversing, we're really just there and we're just doing our work. It feels, it feels kind of lifeless. And that's one thing I, I, I like about school is just the connections, the ability to talk to people, different groups of people and being able to see new perspectives. And I really haven't been able to get a lot of that because it's just been the same five or 10 people. Yeah, it's a little more reactive as opposed to like proactive or collaborative and stuff like that is what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren? Yeah, for me personally, in the beginning, I was very, I would get very frustrated because, you know, each teacher would use a totally different platform than the other and you would have to adapt to one website and download another PDF for, from another random website and it was just really overwhelming. Obviously now I think we've all adapted and it's, we've come to see it's pretty easy. Um, touching back on what they were saying, I mean, for us personally, we're pretty social and we go to these meetings and talk to people. But for the kids that weren't as social and, you know, they go to school and that was, they really needed that, that social atmosphere, it sucks for them because they may not have a good um, at home stay, I guess you could say. And so they really need that. So I think it's for some people, they struggle with that and not seeing the people personally front to front in person, that is a struggle for some. Makes sense. Um, kind of fully encircling what, what you all said. Um, I know we, we talked a couple of weeks ago just to kind of plan for this podcast. And one of the things you talked to, guys talked about was kind of the almost anxiety about contributing. Um, I mean, for instance, I know you guys have adapted to do this and, and I appreciate it so much that, but like you guys are all mute, you mute and unmute yourself, which is totally perfect for production value and stuff like that. But to your point, I mean, you know, there's a certain anxiety about unmuting yourself and, and contributing to the conversation. Um, do you want to kind of, I thought that was very interesting. Do you want to touch on that? I think Jeff, you, you were pretty interested in that topic. Yeah, I think that a lot of students really, uh, a lot of time they don't feel like they, they're, they're being heard and at certain points, like they just feel like, why, why do I want to unmute? And like, why would I do so? Why would I commit to that? If no one, if I'm going to get like no reaction, I'm not going to get any feedback. And it's just like, it's just a, it's a statement in the middle of nowhere. It, it, it really doesn't, you feel like you don't contribute. You feel like you've done nothing and you feel like I, I'm just having a one-sided conversation and it's not really a conversation. It's just me talking about it. And like, and that's not a very, I wouldn't say that's a very productive environment, at least from, from my point of view, I really don't find it to be that productive. And I don't, and I know that other students just don't want to talk and they already have anxieties about talking. So I could see why they wouldn't, if they had the opportunity to just not talk, they just wouldn't want to and just not press, go down here and meet the unmute button. Yeah. Anything else from, from either of you two on that one? So just to expand on it, just in case someone has never been on Zoom. Uh, it's like a two-person. If you were in a classroom and 
you're expected to mute yourself so you're not like there's no commotion going on in the background and you can't won't interrupt the class, which surely makes sense. But if you were to contribute in a class, you're muted. For someone who might not want to, who might not contribute as much, there's a two-step process to even talk. You gotta unmute yourself, or like wait for a time to unmute yourself, unmute yourself, and then contribute. So instead of just talking in a classroom, there's like a two, three-step process to contribute to a class. And then all there's always that anxiety like, are for some people where it's like, am I saying something that's gonna sound stupid? Well, now there's an excuse to not say it. So I'll just not unmute myself for this one. It's just not that, maybe it's not that important someone might think, so they might just not contribute. Yeah, and if I can jump in here really quick um, to add to this, we see this in students who are the most engaged when it comes to in-person. Like when we look at our leadership class, and that's the class these three are in, um, it's at times like pulling teeth, trying to get them to share ideas, to get them to talk. And some are very comfortable using the chat feature, but it's in a class like leadership, you're expected to hear like chaos when you come into those rooms and it's organized chaos, but you're expected to come into chaos. And, and when you come into the Zoom meeting, it's mute and it's, it's very hard to get them to unmute themselves. And even before I was teaching leadership and taking on this activities roles, my classes and my history and economics were built around having the students have conversations with one another. And I know my co-teacher, Ms. Hernandez, who does um, AP English, is very much the same way. And we've definitely noticed that when we have these students who are normally very outgoing, very engaged, it almost feels like there's like tape over their mouth and they have to like fight to really pull it off in order to really speak. And um, you kind of hear it from their perspective now. It's like, well, it's a multiple step process. If I unmute, someone else might unmute. And it's, it's so much more challenging than having like those conversations that just kind of flow organically from like questions that just pop up in the middle of like, oh yeah, this totally could happen. So it, it's interesting. It's interesting and challenging in its own own way. It's interesting, you know, we touch back on those 30 minute breaks in between classes, you know, typically you'd have a passing period, meet up with your friends for a quick few seconds, and then that conversation kind of flows into your next class maybe. You know, that's not happening. So therefore when you step into that, and this, this is just an outsider perspective, you step into that class, you click on, and it's everybody's just kind of starting from gro the ground with with zero dialogue or you know creativity or anything like that. So I, I could see how that um, you know starts starts off not on the best foot as far as that's concerned. Um, it, it sounds like a big thing is obviously the the socializing, interactive, and stuff like that. Um, if you guys wouldn't mind sharing, are are you able to socialize um, outside of school? Uh, kind of what's that look like? Um, you know, obviously we're all doing our best to be as socially distant and, and safe as possible, but kind of what's, what's that look like? So at least you get some of that, that interaction. Is it just on Zoom or house party or any of these apps or what's, what, what's that look like for you guys? Lauren, do you want to start? Yeah. So me personally, um, I still text and like talk to my friends a lot, actually, you know, FaceTime and everything. Um, 
a couple of close friends I'll see because they're my neighbors. I'm with them all the time. And like we have our, our families are like the same thing. So I still see a couple close, close friends. But other than that, it's like all those you really saw after quarantine or still during quarantine, you see who your true friends are. You saw who those friends that you would say in the hall and you'd say hi to those friends don't talk to you anymore. I mean, they'll say, they'll slide up on your story on Snapchat and say one thing, but you really, really see who your true friends are and who aren't your true friends. Ray, are you raising your hand? I, I was waving to someone in the background, but- Oh, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was I'll, getting used to this moderating and, and choosing, uh, <laughs> I feel like a teacher. So I'll, I'll actually go. Yeah. So to her point, there's like this, there's like the people I've noticed, but I guess I didn't notice until she said it. There's people that you talk to and there's people who you spend time with. And I've, I guess to her point, the people that you spend time with, I've still stayed in, in contact with. We've like gone to the beach, we've gone to each other's houses, had dinner. That's probably the extent of what we can do right now with all the lockdowns and stuff. But I mean, we're still spending time with each other and we're still seeing each other but it's limited to Friday through Sunday most of the time or practice, which is like, hey everybody, we're gonna, now we're gonna go in the water for water polo, that's what I'm doing. So, hey, here's an hour worth of time where you can see each other for three days a week or figure out something to do Friday night through Sunday night. And instead of, it's just that, instead of passing periods and lunch and practice and game and then the weekend. So it's just cut down I'm still finding time to spend time with people, but it's just very limited. Got it. Jeff, anything to add? Um, I don't have much to add. I just like, I'm like Ray. I have very, like, I have a couple of friends that I get to like actually get to at least to see them like semi occasionally, like maybe once or twice a month. And those are like my really, really close friends. And besides that, I just have to like, I just text, I call, I FaceTime and that's like my only real way of like talking to other people and like conversing with them. And, and also as a part of like certain clubs, I get to talk to a couple of different new people. But besides that, I don't really talk to like, like Max, I would say like 30, 30 people total, like a, a classroom. And like, even like, I remember one day where I, I just like, I was just totally like phone silent. I just didn't, wasn't looking at it it felt really it just felt quiet like like my day was just I went out of bed did school I really didn't even say much because it was like it was like a very like very relaxed day talked to my parents ate dinner and like that like I know that that may be like what some what some students on our campus may be experiencing and like that was like it just felt really it didn't feel good it just felt like I was just going through the motions and I wasn't really like doing anything yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll circle back to like what I mentioned before is that it's it's a it's a strong integration uh, into that uh, adult, adult life. To be quite honest, I mean, you know, we have <laughs> Miss Christ is a green. Um, we have you know a, such a large group of friends and colleagues or acquaintances as we're in high school through college and and as we get into life and more busy and stuff like that. That that. Um, dwindles down and, and gets stronger with those those core group of friends now is it good that that's happening to you guys so, so sooner in life 
you know, that, that, that remains to be seen, but it is just such an integration into kind of where we are in, in adult life. Um, so I, I find that very interesting and had that topic of conversation come up. Um, Ray, you mentioned uh, water polo. Um, I'm curious to, to know, I know a couple of weeks ago, um, training started back up for the sports and in the district and stuff like that. Um, what's that look like? And kind of, you know, I grew up playing soccer through college and, you know, training's one thing. It's great. You have a good time because you love the sport or the activity. Um, but there's an ultimate goal for competition. What's like the mentality amongst you and, and, you know, your teammates, as far as that's concerned, um, not really being able to compete and continue to, to do things. Yeah. So for us right now, we're just desperately trying to get back in shape after doing absolutely nothing from March to till now. So it's, that's the struggle right now is just don't drown for right now, <laughs> but we have no, we don't even know if we'll have games and if we do win. So that's kind of not even in our heads right now. So for what a practice looks like is we go to the front, like athletic I'll call it gate where all the fields access to and we check in we have like it's almost like a check-in every day online where it's like do you have COVID okay cool you don't have COVID now you get to go to practice but they give you like a wristband and for us in water polo we're basically just conditioning which is just swimming and what in water polo is called treading so you just leg strength and swimming strength and that's like an our practices are an hour long, so we break up into our lanes. There's like 15 lanes at our pool, like, and we stagger people. So at, on this side of the pool, there's one person on the other side, this, and it kind of just like, you know, one on one side, one on the other side. So I don't know if any of that makes sense because it's hard to visualize, but I'll say like odd lanes are on one side of the pool, even lanes are on one side of the pool, and it's one person per lane. That makes sense. So, you know, you get to talk to like the people next to you, but that's like kind of the, ex the extent of your interaction because we're not like touching each other or anything. Got it. So no like scrimmaging or, you know, friendly games or anything like that. Sorry, I disconnected. Oh, uh, I just said, uh, you know, no scrimmaging, no, you know, games or skills or anything like that. No, we're not even allowed to have personal equipment. Like if we were to have a ball, that just, just I touch. I'm not even allowed to have that right now. Gotcha. Ms. Christ, did you want to jump on this? Yeah, I was going to say, like, there's a lot of rules that when it comes to the conditioning phase, like, um, so I'm out there every day with the cross country team and we see football, we see volleyball and, and cheer are all out there at the same time. We each have like our assigned spots and you can see everyone has these cohorts where we have about, I think it's 16 max that you can have in each cohort and each cohort needs to say by themselves. Um, and within this cohort, they also need to remain, be remain socially distanced. So as long as they're just kind of hanging around and they're stretching, they have to have their mask on. As soon as they start doing like cardio based activities, they can take their mask off, but they have to keep that social distance. So it's, it's interesting to see how volleyball is accommodating and football, how they're doing their conditioning out on the field and up on the top. Um, 
And then like cross country, how we're very staggered with our start times and how we release and making sure like if you're running onto campus, you don't need to wear a mask. But if you're walking onto campus, you do. And it's these little nuances that we have to do. And, and as Ray was saying, they have to do a, a self-assessment every day. And if they don't take it by two, they can't come onto campus, even if they are fine, they're not showing any symptoms, but we need to have that in order to show like, all right, you've done your part, now we're doing our part and taking your temperature. Uh, again, asking you those same COVID questions. And um, the first week was a bit chaotic with the return to sports and conditioning, but everyone's kind of gotten into that momentum now where it flows a little bit faster. And um, I know like for water polo, it's probably very challenging to like talk when you guys are in the pool, but I do see like kids are engaging and, and genuinely excited to be back. I had a parent email me today saying like, my, my son missed Monday and Tuesday. I'm so sorry. We couldn't arrange a car. Um, he was so de devastated that he couldn't be there, but I just wanted to let you know. And, uh, and I was like, Hey, like we're in the same boat when we can't be out there. We're really sad. Um, and seeing the kids is definitely like a highlight um, because it, I don't know what normal's gonna look like here in, in a couple of months, but it feels normal. I don't know, just to see the kids and interact and like laugh. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, it's not every day that, you know, a water polo player or any other sport is like, I just wanna do conditioning, but I'm sure you're just kind of starving for being in the pool or being out there running with your friends and, and kind of at least being able to have a conversation in person, be it at distance and stuff like that. So that, that's good to hear that that's back a little bit and getting some, some interaction for those student athletes. Now I'm curious, um, what is your best understanding uh, from the student perspective of those people that those students that are probably most engaged and have the most knowledge, what's your best understanding of the, of the current status um, of distance learning? Will it go blended? What, I'm just curious. I'm not asking for a professional, you know, if you know what the status is, I'm just curious what your current understanding is here on November 18th of what the, what the, um, the status will be. Jeff, do you want to start? Um, and yeah, it could, you could be, a, you have no idea. So I, that's understandable. I would say that right now, at least from what I know, most likely distance learning is going to continue throughout for like the rest of this year, at least 2020 and 2021 is like where we may have the possibility of going back to class, but I don't know how that, how that's dynamics actually going to change considering all that's been going around with the COVID cases and some of them rising in our yeah. state and across the country but what I do know is that there are about especially with distance learning I don't think many people know about this is that there are there are cohorts a and b but there's also those who've chosen and applied to be distance only for the entire year and for those students who are distance only all year they do not interact with other students rather they from our school rather they go to a separate distance learning like school, it's not a, it's not a school, but it, they are, it's like a place where all the kids, kids in our district go to this place, and they have teachers who've applied to be only distance or only teachers, and that's where they're getting their education. They do not interact with kids who are mixed or blended; they interact with only those who are distance. 
Perfect. Thanks for saying that. I, and we had that conversation about how that worked and I had no idea. So thanks for, you know, integrating that. Um, guys, any, anything, your perspective on where you think things are or, or any insight? I, yeah, I have no pers like professional, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not involved with the CDC. I couldn't really tell you what the cases are trending like right now. But I agree with Jeff. I think it's highly unlikely that we'll be in person at any point of this year. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Got it. Lauren? Yeah, um, personally, I, I kind of wanted us to not go back to school for this whole year because we just adapted. And it's like if we were on online for three months and then it's like, okay, we're changing, going back to school. You know, it's a whole big transition. So I think it's good that we're ending the semester online if we do, and then hopefully going back because, I mean, not only are we seniors, some of us are seniors, you know, we're missing on like the best year of high school, but even as a freshman, sophomore, junior, you're missing that whole year. And at least we have those memories from that year, but a lot of kids have never experienced homecoming now. Um, some students miss prom, you know, so they you're missing out on a lot. So hopefully the end of the year we get that. Who knows? Got it. Um, anything I missed? Anything, you know, you find important that we you'd like to communicate out to to the public? Um, your other your your fellow students that you maybe don't get to, to chat with as much. Uh, anything you'd like to chat about as we end? Perfect example. I love it. That's the perfect example. I was, I was literally <laughs> about to be like this. Welcome to teaching and distance learning. No, I can see the gears working in their head. Yeah. Uh, I'll jump in. Maybe they, they can say something. Uh, I will say like the resilience that we're seeing in our students is, is making everyone is uh, proud when we're on campus, when I'm on campus. Um, and we can see that students are trying and and we miss i can say like from an admin standpoint like when we're on campus like most days i'm there uh, it's so quiet it's eerie it doesn't feel right and we just we miss them so much like this is not what we want we're all accommodating these guys are uh surviving and and doing the best they can but it's it's definitely not the same but everything that they're doing, how they're, they're making do with the situation. Like, I know I'm so proud of all my students. I know our admin is very proud of our students. So um, in that end point, like end point, like that's where we're at. Thanks for that. Jeff, go ahead. <laughs> I'd say that um, I'm getting used this... to this prompting <laughs> thing. See, I, see, I, I asked the question originally and and didn't address a specific person just to see exactly what would happen. And that's exactly it. So, go ahead, Jeff. I would say that I think a lot of students this year have shown extreme resilience. But I think one of the major um, things that I've encountered when it comes to students this year has been well, two things. We've talked about social disconnect, but the second thing being lack of motivation. And I remember that our, one of my AP teachers, he actually did a poll of our of students in our class. And this is an, it's, this is an AP class. So this should be like the smartest kids on campus. And most of them were not motivated. They felt like, and that was, that was the thing that I've generally heard, just kids don't feel like they have a reason. Well, not a reason, I should say. 
but they don't feel like they don't have any, they don't have any value in going to school. They just feel like it's just, I'm going to go up, wake up, I'm going to do my work and that's going to be my day. And it feels like that's the thing. These kids have shown extreme resilience, but I, I hope that, I don't know how we can, but I hope we can find a way that these students can feel like I have a reason to wake up and go to school. Like, because like the main reason before was just connecting and a lot of students are missing that. And so a lot of kids aren't alone in that. And I just want to like bring that out there that, you know, this is a problem that we're going to face, but we're going to do it together. That's awesome. That's awesome. Lauren, any, any last words? Yeah, no, I was just thinking that if we could do this now and like, deal with like the worst now later on this will be so much easier and like if this ever happens again we've dealt with it so we know what to do ray round us out so i guess the lesson that this year has taught me is how much i value people and the people i care about because being able to see them like i don't even have to be doing anything i realize when we go out and we even go to people's houses it's just being around people which I've found that the value in just being able to talk about things, talk about the things we have been able to do and just being able to reflect on the relationship we have with each other is really something that I didn't know the value of until this year. And so if anything good has come out of this year, I would say that's it. Being able to find the, the um, not to use the word value for the 15th time, but the value of the friendships that you create and you know the connections that you have. Man, wow. This has been awesome. Thank you guys all for, for joining me, taking time out of your, out of your days and uh, joining me. I appreciate it very much. Uh, Ms. Christ, thanks for the introduction. Thanks to all you guys. Um, thanks for you listening or watching in today for another episode of Chino in the Hills. Until next time, have a good day. Bye. Hi, Thomas here. Thanks so much for listening in. And if you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to the channel. Also, if you have a suggestion for another person we should interview, or you would like to be interviewed, please be sure to send us a DM on our Instagram, at Chino and the Hills. Thanks. Bye.